Welcome to the SA for FA's Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today's topic concerns shale oil stocks, bargains, bankruptcy candidates, or both. We'll get to that in just a moment, but first, this message. If you're a financial advisor, you should be using Seeking Alpha Premium. I'll mention just two items I personally think are valuable for advisors. Number one, advisors typically get investment research from their own broker-dealer, and it's good to cross-reference that with the research available to Seeking Alpha Premium subscribers. Number two, the quantitative ratings available to premium subscribers are an incredible value-add because they make it possible to compare investments with mutually consistent data. In other words, it aids in getting different investment ideas to talk to each other, as it were. These features are just the tip of the iceberg, and it costs only $240 for an annual subscription. Click on Upgrade on the top right of your Seeking Alpha homepage to see a full list of benefits and options. Two highly intelligent analyses on the drama in the shale oil market, both on Seeking Alpha, prompted me to dare to chime in. I say dare because the two analyses come from genuine experts in the field, whereas I have no such expertise, and also because one of those analyses is exceedingly grim, and the other quite sanguine about the opportunities, so why should I step into this minefield? The reason is that I think we can learn from them both, and possibly arrive at a constructive reconciliation of sorts. The first of these two gems comes from Kevin Wilson, a former petroleum engineer and financial advisor with very sophisticated knowledge of oil and investing. He's a genuinely out-of-the-box thinker and in characteristic fashion raises a point that probably few investors have considered. He opines that the shale oil revolution that has restored America to energy independence could wind up destroying U.S. energy independence. The extraordinary bounty of U.S. natural gas, combined with the industrious and competitive extraction thereof, has led to a situation where almost nobody's making money on this. Most shale oil companies are cash flow negative. Such debt is expected to reach hundreds of billions of dollars in the next few years, and bankers are getting impatient. Wilson's concern is that many of these companies won't be able to survive the next recession, not merely because of crippled balance sheets, but also because of the double whammy of recession, which Wilson expects, and which tends to starkly reduce demand for oil. Hence, his provocative thesis is that current trends could mark the end of U.S. energy independence and return the U.S. to dependence on Middle Eastern oil. The bright note, as it were, is that oil majors can pick up the best oil shale companies for pennies on the dollar post-recession. Along comes Andrew Butter, a Dubai-based oil analyst with loads of direct industry experience who begins his article with the U.S. government's prediction that shale oil production will hit an all-time high this month. In other words, like Wilson, Butter's data also reveals a production glut. The difference, though, is that Butter sees numerous reasons to question the official pronouncements and general market expectations of 2020 oil production amounting to 900,000 barrels a day. One of those reasons is that while oil production has been growing impressively, its rate of growth has actually been plunging to levels we saw the last time oil prices actually dropped dramatically back in 2015. Butter also cites consensus forecasts of the past that ended up wide of the mark. 
He also presents evidence that oil frack spreads, which precede extraction, are steadily declining and oil prices leave little incentive for frackers to continue to operate. Butter and Wilson are not so far apart so far. Their primary difference arises from the fact that, whereas Wilson expects another blow, such as a recession, to knock out oil field services companies, Butter is wondering what would happen if production falls dramatically by over 1 million barrels a day, say, if OPEC takes that much production off of the table. That results in a different kind of double whammy. Oil prices would shoot up, on the one hand, and on the other, oil production companies would be unable to ramp up that quickly. He says it would take nine months to a year for operators to get credit to make new frack spreads, leaving more of a squeeze on prices. I hope I did a fair job of conveying these two viewpoints. Here's where I chime in with a decidedly non-expert, broad investment point of view. First, why would anybody want to invest in commodities markets whose long-term return is in any case close to zero? I think Butter's article provides the answer. These markets are wildly volatile, and when prices spike, the gains can be enormous and the ride up can last for a while until markets rebalance. My second point. Making these huge gains essentially depends on timing. Market timing on a consistent basis is not possible, as we can see from our two experts' articles, which are undergirded by opposing timing expectations. In the Wilson scenario, a recession knocks out these companies, and more resourceful companies pick up the survivors afterwards. In the butter scenario, the turnaround is quietly building momentum, and 2020 should look very different from current market expectations. My third point, if one wanted to speculate in energy markets, and in my opinion that's really what we're talking about, speculation, then I think both analysts offer implicit guidance as to what investors should look for. A company that has managed to keep a strong, or at least relatively strong, balance sheet through management skill, despite the shakeout of the past several years. Such a company would be either an acquisition target in the Wilson scenario, or a company that can get oil field service contracts without bank financing and hence make a ton of money in the butter scenario. I'm not an energy stock picker, but I imagine you could find candidates meeting these criteria on Seeking Alpha. In conclusion, I think that there will be a lot of money to make among surviving oil and gas companies because the pattern in this industry is boom and bust. Each of those trends tends to get legs that sustain it for a while. For more venturesome investors who include a 5% or so speculative corner in their portfolio, the key would be buying a company with a solid balance sheet that is priced for pre-bankruptcy and holding it until the next boom, which could be this year as Butter thinks, or in a few years as Wilson seems to think. For my part, I do think such a boom will indeed arrive in this new decade. Listeners with knowledge of this sector can feel free to note the names of energy stocks that might meet these criteria on my Seeking Alpha article page. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast of value, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com with any feedback. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.